What's up, loves? This is Love or Obsession, and I'm the host, Queen. And run out of. <laughs> yeah, I got a special guest today, you guys, and we're live from SNL. No, I'm just playing. We're live from Dallas. Well, we're not really live, we're pre recorded from Dallas. <laughs> okay. So what y'all don't know about me is that I'm a whole fool on my own. Get me with one of my folks and I'm a whole donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Special guest starring today is one of my sisters, Ronetta, a.k.a. Nuki. I sometimes call her Ranuki. Do you like that name? Um. Described in two words, the nurse. And yes, she has credentials. She's an RN, Ronetta Gray RN. Say what's up to the people, Ronetta. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> do you like when I call you Rodnoki? I don't think I do it a lot. Um, it, it doesn't bother me. Okay, good. <laughs> See how cool and collected she is, y'all? Okay, what the fuck is up? It's Gucci Manaji. See, I be um, rapping and singing in all the episodes. <laughs> they know that, but you don't know that. Do you know that? No. No, because you don't listen to the podcast. Shame on you. Okay, but anyways, thank you for doing this with me. <clears throat> thank you, thank you for sitting in on this episode with me. I've been there for some company, y'all. I need some company. I need you to take my mind off being in my prime, some company. Don't make me laugh while I'm singing, because that singing is very important, okay? (laughs) Y'all, excuse my voice, y'all. I'm going through some things, y'all. Y'all don't even know. Okay. Where we at? Okay, so right now, the girl, what's up? I'm so happy to see you. Y'all, we having some sister time. My family is important to me. Uh, we lost so many people, the ones that we still have. I'm going to love them long and love them strong. Okay, so today's story is an OD. Um, it takes place during the Roaring Twenties. Um, you know anything about the Twenties? Um, the Great Depression. The Great Depression, okay, around the 1930s, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds like the Crip Gang, the Rolling Sixties. You heard of that? <laughs> no. No? Okay. Oh, wait, man, in California or something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, that I see you've been burning sage, too. Yeah. <laughs> in my last episode, I was talking about burning sage. <laughs> and you know something? Because I was saying, like, um, I feel like I'd have released some bad shit up in the crib, like some bad spirits. But I noticed that you burn your sage a little different than how I burn. Is it a right or wrong way to burn the sage? Oh, I don't know how to do it. So I just do it. Um, I just burn it on the side, rub it down on the top. Yeah, because... and that's what I noticed the difference. <laughs> because what? I don't know. It's just easier. It, it, it seemed like it lasts longer when you, for me, when I burn it on, on the side. side. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was burning it head on, and I'm like, yeah. I done got that spirit right on up out of that. Some bad juju in the crib. Yeah, I but think it worked, too. You think it worked? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so today's story is about Winnie Ruth Judd. Heard of it? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Okay, known as Ruth, um, she was born January 29, 1905. Judd was her married name, um, with McKinnell being her maiden name. Um, so she was born Winnie Ruth McKinnell. She was a medical secretary in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, she's classified a murderer. 
a murderer. Um, they call her the trunk murderess. Um, she's murdered two of her roommates who were once her friends, um, which is Agnes and Leroy and Hedvig Samuelson. Hedvig Samuelson. We go call them Ann and Sam. Ann and Sammy. Um, in October 1931. That's when these crimes went down. The end. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> Well, you even give no detail about it. I'm I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um Ruth was the daughter of a Methodist minister. She was born in Oxford, Indiana at the age of seventeen. She married a Dr. William C. Judd. Um he was a World One World War One veteran. Um he was like twenty years older than her. William was addicted to morphine as a result of war injuries, and he had a problem holding down a job. Yeah. Um, what? <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't know addictions were, like, me. I know alcoholism was a thing, but I didn't know, like, uh, like opioids was a thing back then, like addictions. Yeah, I think back then that's what people was mostly getting addicted to, like morphine and um, amphetamines and things like that. Um, I think, um, see, we black. We just used to people being addicted to crack. (laughs) But, um, no. But, no, people was getting addicted to morphine and stuff. It's starting off as, like, using it for pain, and then that pain... They just want that feeling, I guess. Um, and he had trouble holding down a job. Um, the age difference, the addiction, Ruth had health issues. And um, she had trouble conceiving a child, too. That was just a few of the things that caused strain in the marriage between the two. So by 1930, William and Ruth were still married, but they was living apart. Um, they talked and remained close, though, because you'll see, like, during his murder trial, he kind of had her back. Um, it was even photos of him crying. (laughs) He was crying with his head down like, oh my God, like Ruth just can't take it. He, for some reason in his mind, he looked at his wife as a very fragile woman. Um, but being able to MacGyver, shoot two women, pew, 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 she, nothing was fragile about her, but her petiteness, I guess. Um, okay. Um, they were still close. Ruth moved to Arizona because the heat was good for her health. Um, in Arizona, she worked as a nanny for wealthy families. Back then, that position was called a governess. During that time, she met John Happy Jack, um, Holleran. Happy Jack Holleran. Is that a gun in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? That's probably why they called him that. You know what I mean when I say yeah, that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jack was a 44-year-old Phoenix businessman who was active in the city's political and social circles. Jack was married, but was known as a playboy. Are you surprised? Not with that name. (laughs) Happy Jack. They called him. He got that name for a reason, right? Okay, Ruth and Jack eventually started having an affair. When Ruth got a job working as a secretary at a medical clinic, she met Anne, who was an x-ray technician at the clinic. Anne and Ruth became friendly and started to hang, and as the two ladies became close, Anne introduced Ruth to her roommate, which was Sammy. Anne and Sammy moved together from Alaska after Sammy contracted tuberculosis. Um, And I think that's why Ruth was suffering from also tuberculosis. That's how she ended up in Arizona. Um, 
Um, because Arizona, apparently, the dry desert heat was the perfect place to dry out the tuberculosis. And I don't know why I thought tuberculosis was like a death sentence or something. Um, I didn't know that people was getting over it. Did you know that yeah. you can get over tuberculosis? Yeah, it's medication you can take. And then um, not always is, is it active. Like sometimes it can just be inactive in your body and then it just... Something sparks and it it triggered like an asthma attack, almost yeah. something like that. And it, um, it I think most people think it can I mean it's most commonly known to be in your lungs, mm-hmm. but then it can be anywhere in the body. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I remember being a kid getting that TB shot and a nurse drawing a circle around your arm, like don't get this wet. You remember that? Yeah, but it's, it's they put in some medicine in there. And yeah, it, it's. Some type of medicine that's gonna trigger the TB if you have it. So that's what they're looking for—a reaction. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I took that very serious <laughs> yeah. as a kid. Like I can't get this wet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and Sammy was a school teacher, so that was her profession also. The three women—they were young. They were getting it. They were single, aside from Ruth, who was married but separated. The women are young, wild, and free. Living young and wild and free. So what we get drunk, so what we go out. <laughs> it's how it's supposed to be. That's such a fun song. I think I'm going to sing that some more after we finish. Okay, they was party girls who had everyone's husband and everyone's boyfriend at their house on a nightly or weekend basis, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. It's hard to be legit and still pay the rent. You know what I mean when I say that? That they had everybody's husband at their house trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Was they prostitutes? I don't know. They wasn't <laughs> technically no prostitute. I said that this lady was an x-ray technician, a medical secretary, and a school teacher. They was not no prostitutes. But no. they were some city girls. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but yeah, Ruth was 26, Anne was 32, and Sammy was 24. And real quickly, I just want to say what stood out about these ladies to me, what I kind of liked about them. I liked um, Ruth's hair and how wavy she got it to look. Um, no matter what picture you see of Ruth, that hair was on point, okay? Even when she wore a hat with Anne, I like how she always had Sammy's back and was like, the well, she was older than the lady, slightly older, but you could tell that she was just like the protector and you know had people's back especially sammy's because they traveled all the way from alaska together so and with sammy you could tell that she was baby okay she was young feisty and she was very pretty um all three women eventually started to sneak and geek with happy jack i guess he was playing trick daddy with all three and and sammy was playing the game and it it was what it was um, Jack was married. He didn't belong to any of them. But Ruth was catching feelings or something. And she actually knew Jack first. She actually introduced Jack to these two ladies. Um, so she was catching feelings or something and felt like it was bogus that her supposed friends were pushing up on her quote-unquote dude. How do you feel about um, women catching feelings while well, having an affair and catching feelings for a married man? What do you think about that? I mean, it's possible. Um I think um, it's just human nature. Um, emotions, yeah, occur. I, I feel like emotions emotions occur, uh, definitely occur during sex. Like you, 
um, just can't have sex with someone. Anybody, yeah, that's, people just be giving their stuff to anybody. You can't be giving your stuff to anybody. You get caught up in some situations you don't want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. It was a point where all three ladies lived together, Ruth moving into Ann and Sammy's crib with them. But as the tensions over Jack was running high, Ruth had moved back into her own space. Um, October 16, 1931, Ruth murdered Ann and Sammy. Apparently, jealousy was the motive. But Ruth tells the story of self-defense where Sammy attacked her with a handgun, but Ruth getting the better of Sammy, shooting her and um, Ann as well. Um, so... At the, okay, because I'm kind of jumping ahead of the story a little bit, but of course, you know, okay, I'm not even going to jump ahead. I'm going to just tell it how it is, and I'll talk about it when I get to that part. Okay, Ruth had a gunshot wound to her hand, but authorities was like she shot herself just to have some proof that it was self-defense like she claimed. The handgun was a 25 caliber handgun. It was always speculated that Ruth had an accomplice because Sammy's body was dismembered. And Ruth was a little lady, um, so petite. The cuts to Sammy's bodies were pristine. Um, and I will be posting pictures. I don't know if I'll post the pictures of of Sammy's body dismembered because it is pictures available. Would you want to see some pictures like that? Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very graphic, though. It comes with a warning. Yeah, if you put a warning on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sammy's body was dismembered and the cuts were pristine like a professional had done it. Shout out to the Crimes of Passion um, podcast for telling the story. They do go into all the details and Murderpedia for the photos because they have all the photos surrounding this story. And their photo gallery, photo gallery number 15, shows Sammy's actual dismembered body. Um, warning is very graphic. Um... But the cuts are very pristine. Like, you could put her body back together. That's mm. how sharply they cut it and, and it was done. So, a lot, a lot authorities believe that Ruth did not do this on her own. Um, about the murders in her accomplice, Ruth was very hush-hush. She wasn't saying a thing. For a minute before I um, finished the story, I was like, what if she was a spy? You know, everybody thinks she's so fragile, and then all of a sudden she the MacGyver, these girls and stuff. MacGyver, did I get that from The Simpsons? Is that something real? <laughs> well, I think it's a, a person, a TV show or something, because I heard that before, too. I think... A reference. Of, I, I don't know. I think that's the oh, from The Simpsons, like, um, March sisters. Was they twins, Patty and Hattie? That's not their names. Patty and Sally? Patty and Selma. Patty and Selma. Was they twins? Yeah. And they always watch MacGyver, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a real TV show, too. I think so. I don't oh, know. okay, yeah. Don't quote us on that. Let <laughs> us know if it's a real TV show or not. Okay, some believe that Happy Jack helped Ruth, but she was adamant that Jack was a good man and he had nothing to do with anything. Okay, two days after killing her frenemies on October 18, 1931, Ruth boarded a train to L.A. She had two big travel trunks with her, and on the way to L.A., Ruth fell under the suspicion of the train workers, a baggage handler, because her luggage had a foul odor as well as fluid leaking from the luggage. 
Imagine being that baggage handler. I would not touch that shit. Like, somebody got to come get this bag. If I got to touch it, I think I'll quit. Today is my last dash. In fact, this minute is my last minute. But that baggage handler didn't quit because he was used to that because he thought it was contraband deer meat. That's what I was about to say. They probably just thought it was some type of animal or something. Yeah. uh, 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 Smuggling deer meat was a thing back then. Um, upon arriving to the, upon arriving to LA, Ruth luggage was confiscated for inspection. Upon learning that Ruth, she got out of there. She just left. <clears throat> and, um, she actually had her brother with her. He was waiting outside the station. He actually went in the station with her to, um, try to retrieve the luggage. And when they was trying to question her about it, she was like, oh, I don't have a key. And I got out of there. And she had a man with her. The man that was with her was her brother. He was a student at the University of Southern California. And I bet he like, Ruth, I ain't seen you in so long. And when I do, you come with this bullshit, girl. He probably didn't really know what was up, though. But, um, abandoned at the train station, a district baggage agent called LAPD because the luggage was abandoned. Um, who picked the locks and they discovered the bodies. One truck had one of the travel trunks had some of Anne's remains and um like some random stuff like documents, actually the murder weapon, a bloody sheets and all that stuff. And a bigger trunk had Sammy's whole body. It was dismembered, but it was every part of her body in there. Um now why did Ruth travel with the bodies? I don't know. Um uh, maybe she got some advice. Do you think she had an accomplice? You think she was capable of all that stuff on her own? Um, I think um she could have been because when you're angry or when you're when your emotions are heightened, then you, you get like unbelievable strength. Mm-hmm. That'd be that fight or flight, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's when I know that I'm gonna get angry or something. My hand be shaking and stuff uncontrollably, and people be thinking that's a bad sound. Like, oh, her hand's shaking. She's scared. No, my hand's shaking because I'm trying to control it to stop from slapping your ass. No, I'm just <laughs> I do not condone violence, y'all. I told you when I give my people, I act a fool. Now, y'all got to forgive me. Okay, um... Ruth's brother dropped her off. Um, okay, Sammy's body, the Ruth that traveled her bodies, I don't know. Okay, Ruth's brother dropped her off somewhere in L.A., so she spent a few days pulling herself together, and she eventually turned herself into authorities. Um, October 19, 1931, Phoenix police entered the bungalow where Ann and Sammy were shot. What they gathered from that was that Ann and Sammy were asleep in their beds when they got shot, um, so they wasn't... They was basically coming up with this on their own because they had not talked to um, Ruth yet or she wasn't saying anything. The landlord of the landlord of the bungalow started conducting tours of the bungalow for 10 cents as an entry fee, 10 cents per person. For? To view the murder scene. Oh, well, that's something else. That's rude, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do stuff like that, like capitalize off unfortunate events and stuff like when I told the story of Bonnie and Clyde I was walking watching a documentary and um like they had luggage and everything like they vehicle that they were shot up in so many people like scrambled and started picking up their stuff got like some of their guns and stuff like that I think that's like some cool memorabilia though like some guns that belong to Bonnie and Clyde how do you prove it though I know, right? That's true. Because you weren't around in no 1930 anything. But mm, 
But that'd be nice to have. Yeah. Um, but in this case, I would not go on no tour, no shit like that, because it just is disrespectful as hell. Um, but I guess ten cents ahead, that ten cents was going a long way back then. Yeah. <laughs> like what the hell? Uh, hundred and hundreds of people went to see it too. Yeah. It must have been like a big crime at the time in that area. Oh um, yeah, hell yeah. Um and then for a woman to kill two other women by shooting them. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen thirties. Yeah. 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 Uh, it seemed to me like that's when like a like crime was taking place. We probably think like since we so modern, like crime is new. Crime is nothing new. And it seemed like then they was more like um more courageous and cutthroat too, especially like with authority figures having shootouts with the police and shit. I mean, that stuff goes on nowadays, but back then you would think that people was a respecting authority a little bit more than what they doing now. Um, the trial began January 19, 1932, January 19th, Uncle William's birthday. <laughs> that comes up a lot in these stories I be doing. <laughs> Um, the trial began January 19, 1932 at the Maricopa County Courthouse. Um, Ruth was tried in court for the murder of Ann only. She was never tried for Sammy's murder. Why do you think that is? I wonder if they... Probably, what? I was going to say they assumed that she shot them in bed, but then with her body disfigured, I wonder if they... See, and just the, assume that she didn't do that because of how gruesome it was. Yeah, because the dismemberment was never brought up in court. She was never tried for Sammy's murder. Her body being dismembered, none of that. She was only tried for Anne. And I, I wonder why. I didn't read anything, or I didn't hear anything as to why she wasn't charged for both ladies. I'm gonna probably have to go back and see. They just probably assume that she, that's something a woman wouldn't be able to do. Yeah, or they probably feel like just charging her for one to give her the death sentence anyway, so she go die regardless, one or two. Yeah. One is enough, right? Um, February eighth, nineteen thirty two, Ruth wa Ruth <laughs> That's what I put I'm like, what the hell? I put I wanna I keep wanting to call her Ashley because of the last name Judd. You know who Ashley Judd is? Well no, I don't know who that is, but I heard the name. Before. Yeah, and I, I every time I get ready to say Ruth, Ashley wanna escape from my <laughs> lips so bad. But Ashley Judd from um what's that? Double Jeopardy. I had just seen that movie. I talked about that. I've never seen that before. You gotta watch it. It's real good. Double Jeopardy is when you can't when you get acquitted for a crime and you can't be charged with the same crime twice once you've been acquitted for it. Yeah, I know what it is, but uh, I, I I never seen the movie before. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, February eighth, Ruth was found guilty. The appeal was unsuccessful because her lawyer did try to appeal it, um, and Ruth was sentenced to be hanged. And a mm, little bit of. Right. Yep, and a little bit of it's a lot of information that I didn't put in the notes that I just want to say in between. Her, um, I read something where her brother tried to um, smuggle some saws into the prison so she can. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing too about them tabs too. They was not going down without a motherfucking fight. You lock them up, baby. You better believe somebody is trying to escape somewhere. You know how many times, like when Bonnie, when Clyde and his brother from the Body and Clyde story, when his. Clad and his brother, every time they got locked up, they never was like, oh, I'm finna sit down and do this time. They always, I'm finna get the fuck up out of here. <laughs> you know? Because I don't think they had as many as, like, restrictions and, um, like, 
today today's like prisons and jails they have all these do- locked doors and stuff like that yeah gotta, i'm pretty sure it wasn't like a fortress to get out and bonnie smuggled a gun in prison to class in her garter belt and like in her thigh something talking about and she didn't get searched by police because she said any decent man would never search a woman <laughs> <laughs> girl i'm gonna try that well i'm gonna try it these days <laughs> unhand me sir i know right especially parents probably gonna get your ass gunned down um, but yeah, the appeal was unsuccessful and Ruth was sentenced to be hanged. Um, February 17, 1933, she was sent to Arizona State Prison in Florence, Arizona. Ruth eventually got life imprisonment. They were trying to get her to give up her accomplice by scaring her with the death pen- death penalty. Um, but Ruth was steadfast. Um, she pled. She was. She was saying that no accomplice, nobody was involved. She pled insanity, um, and she was even putting on some court- courtroom antics and shenanigans, like rocking and shaking <laughs> and doing weird stuff with her hands, trying to get that insanity plea. And did you? Know, I noticed too during this podcast that a lot of murders, when they do crazy shit and fuck shit, murdering people, they always want to plead insane. What do you think about that? You think that's an escape goat? Probably because they don't, they just go to like a mental institution. Yeah, Yeah. but I said that. I said, but what makes you think that a mental institution is better than prison? It may be better than prison because I feel like in prison you got to worry about people attacking you from physical to sexual attacks and stuff like that. But in a mental asylum, what about you not really, you know, a mental in a in a severe mental state and you taking medicine and it's actually making you crazy. That's something that I be thinking about. You know, I'm scared of medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, she pleaded insanity. She was even putting on a courtroom antics. Um, the antics worked and she was found mentally incompetent and was sent to Arizona State Asylum for the Insane which was later renamed the Arizona State Hospital. Uh, Ruth escaped the hospital six <laughs> times between 1933 and 1963. You they like, you can't hold me down. Um, on October 8, 1963, Ruth escaped the hospital a final time using a key and walked right out the front door. <laughs> Can you believe it? Using a key. Oh, uh, let me backtrack a little bit. So when she when she um was sentenced to be hanged, then she started to, you know, speak a little bit. And they brought Happy Jack Halloran in, but he was um let go. He wasn't charged with anything because she was saying that if she's charged with anything, Jacks need to be charged with the same thing. He had a gray Packard, that's a vehicle, exactly what it looked like, I don't know. But the vehicle was spotted outside and in Sammy's house the night of the murder and the second day. Mm-hmm. Um um, it was it was speculated that he helped he helped Ruth um, you know cover up these murders. He sent her on her way out of town and everything. He had friends in high places, and even though he was acquitted of all accusations against him, his friends and the political scene, they all turned their back against him. And he actually died in 1939. That's something that I wanted to say before moving forward. You think Jack helped her? Um, if he was that high up, um, that big of a person, I don't think he personally helped her, but he could have paid somebody to help. Yeah, because there was a, a um, I don't want to say an unknown man. I just don't know his name because he definitely have a name. It, 
he was said to have helped her. He was actually preparing to talk and ready to talk. But Ruth shut him down and shut him up like, no, I didn't have any accomplices. I believe that he helped her. I believe that um, when it came to his mistresses, she was probably his main thing. Mm -hmm. And he probably didn't have anything to do with her shooting the ladies. But he, she probably called him to help her clean up the situation. Yeah. I, I mean... Friends, it's good to have friends in high places. Um, so, yeah, she walked right out of the front door to the, the uh, mental hospital. She ended up in San Francisco, the Bay Area. She became a living maid for a wealthy family <laughs> using the name Marion Lane. Imagine having somebody escape the mental <laughs> hospital, <laughs> watching your kids living in your house. You know what I think of when I read that? Remember that episode of Martin when Pam cousin oh, broke, yeah. out the, <laughs> broke out of the mental hospital? They knew it wasn't Pam because that motherfucker was crazy. You hear me? <laughs> and then she liked Martin. She had a crush on Martin. Martin, like, I know this ain't Pam. Pam, hate my good. Okay, uh, for six years, she um, she tasted freedom only to be sent back to the hospital. August 18, 1969, Ruth was actually paroled and released um, December 22, 1971. That's when she was released. In 1983, she received an absolute discharge, meaning that she was no longer on parole. Uh, Ruth Judd moved to Stockton, California, where she died October 23rd, 1998, at the age of 93. She had a long life. Yeah. Yeah. Especially what? when she was sentenced to be hanged. Yeah, uh, right? She How'd she get out of that? Yeah. You know, and that's what I be saying, too. A lot of these stories, a lot of these murders do real sick, sadistic-ass shit. They get out, they get a name change, and they continue to go on and live their lives. And I don't think that's right. I, mean, I don't think that's right. You can't do a background check on everyone you come in contact with, though. Yeah, you don't have to, but fuck a background check. Damn, these bitches shouldn't be free. That's how I feel. Well. Shit. I think when um a lot of people go to the mental institution, um the way she got out, me, I don't... Um, Taking no. plea deals and all type of shit. People do yeah. whatever. You think if I kill somebody, like, in cold blood, murder, 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 I get sentenced to to death or and then it get converted to life in prison you think i'm gonna get a chance to get out and continue to live my life for another 40 to 60 years just living my best life with but, a name change but some people do that yeah it's a lot common. of people do that yeah, but i'm common. saying i'm talking about me or you do you think any one of us could do that and have them same circumstances no yeah i didn't think so neither um she died at the age of 93 the month, of, the month of October was a very big in this story. Do you hear me say October a lot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right? Um, and that's the story. It's a lot of more details to this story. Um, it could be a movie, which I'm pretty sure it is. A lot of these killers be having their own movies. Did you know that? Um, sometimes. Yeah. Like Lifetime, they're good for that. Yeah, right? <laughs> I hope you and guys enjoyed this story. Lord knows these past days I've been going through it. Um, but I had to pull myself together so I wouldn't miss a beat with y'all. Um, I aim to please you guys. Um, pictures can be found on the Instagram at Love or Obsession Podcast. Um, please send all messages and suggestions to Love or Obsession Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you want me to promote 
or share anything, follow my Facebook at Velma Hood. I will be back next Tuesday. Until then, be good, y'all. You got anything to say, Nuki? I don't know. Okay. Say bye-bye to my folks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> it's Quinn, you guys. Peace out.